Welcome to Church Hurts and the good, the bad, and the ugly about church, religion, and spirituality with a dash of recovery thrown in. If you've ever had questions about the church, maybe a bit jaded in your attitude towards religion, well, you've come to the right place. Our host, he was an honors philosophy student, ordained a Presbyterian minister, planted three churches, taught at a prestigious university, but now, now he's just an aging curmudgeon who never quits asking the question why. The host of Church Hurts and Dr. John Bash. Relationship pain. Ever been excommunicated? I mean, kicked out of church kind of excommunicated. Sounds like I'm talking about the Middle Ages, doesn't it? Does that really happen anymore? I mean, there are churches for every species of thought under heaven. One church I visited had a blessing Sunday for pets. Choose your sexual preference, a God off the menu, liturgical stripe you prefer, and you can find a church that fits. Why would anyone get excommunicated when one can just walk down the street to open arms of people who are equally indignant at the idea? It doesn't take a whole lot of self-reflection to realize that we excommunicate people from our lives all the time. The word comes from the Latin excommunicare, which means to put outside of the community. We can put it more simply by staying in the English and just look at X in communication. I bet you have a bunch of people in your life who would fit into that category. I'm not going to communicate with you anymore. You've done something so offensive, so repulsive, so defiling to my standards, I will no longer have you in my life. Now, this gets particularly difficult when it happens in the most intimate of relationships particularly the family. When I was a young pastor, obviously years ago, already starting my second church and had a second child on the way, I had a very unique friend. In his beginning years of fatherhood, he happened to be a nuclear power engineer and personified what any pastor would like to have in a church. He was the greeter from heaven, making everyone who dared walk through the doors feel special and welcomed. Come back again, and he'd remember your name, ask about your week, and point you to the coffee before the service. And then when the lights went out at church, we would find a way to his small starter home where the ping pong table was my immediate destination. Laughter began, and extended volleys were interspersed with deep theological questions and a passion for unbelievers throughout the world. In so many ways, everything just seemed perfect. Well... Let's see. Welcome, Brian Holian, to Church Hurts and. Thanks, John. Glad to be here. Brian, before we jump into things, go ahead and just tell me a grandparent story, because I know you got a bunch of them. Well, I am enjoying the grandparent time, John, so thanks. I uh, uh, was just out maybe six months ago to visit uh, my oldest daughter out in Cincinnati, and uh Probably the best story I can think of out there is uh, I figure I'm going to be there three days. I'm going to potty train this three-year-old, you know, plus. And uh, 
I couldn't remember that the boys are a little bit more difficult than the girls, but I, uh, my daughter's a school teacher. So she went up to school. I'm home with, uh, with this little guy. And, uh, I thought, well, you know, take that diaper off. I'll watch him. I'll run around the house. And, uh, so my, my solution worked, worked for my kids earlier on, I think was, uh, just sit him on that toilet and leave him there for a while. You know? So I sat him there. I'd bring him a toy every once in a while, but I sat him there all day long for a couple of days, told my daughter when she got home that some minor successes, but not the major one. And, uh, Anyway, the little three-year-old, I fly back to Annapolis. He ratted me out, John. He, uh, next day, uh, Abby, continue, my daughter continues to try to potty train. He looks up at her and says, uh, Mom, my butt hurts too much. Grandpa kept me on there all the time. So <laughs> I, uh, I caused more, more problems there. And I think that I delayed potty training by six more months from that. Oh, gee, Brian, I just took you back to that ping pong table many years ago. Um, and, but I kind of want to just rush into the old man and we'll get, we'll, we'll get the, you know, the bookends here. Congratulations on your retirement. Um, what was that like? You, you're retired now, man. Yeah. Uh, well, no real retirement, but from my, from my last job of 31 years, uh, I, I was lucky to get to college, John. I was one of six kids and I got a, a Navy scholarship to college in Ohio, went Navy nuke, met that old Admiral Rickover. If any of your listeners know him, uh, it's a, it was a neat thing. Uh, worked in the nuclear Navy, uh, got out, worked at the nuclear power plant in Maryland where I met you. And, uh, six years there and then almost 31 years at the nuclear regulatory commission. I, my kids get embarrassed when I tell their friends a little radiation is good for you. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, but in, you know, it was a, a great job, great people and uh, a good, good mission. And, and what happened at the occasion of your retirement? Uh, a little well, surprise was, wasn't there? Yeah, that was cute. Uh, my middle daughter, you know, knew with COVID and everything, you know, I'm just walking out. We were working remotely, uh, like a lot of people are. And I'm just, uh, hey, that's my last day and hand in the computer. And my daughter knew it would be a little more, or wanted to make it a, a bigger event, you know. And so uh, she just reached out somehow through social media, email, got collected emails and, and asked people to just you know, reuse an old Christmas card because I just retired uh, at the end of the year. Use an old Christmas card because my dad does that, uses, you know, cards again a second time and 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 just drop my note. So that was nice, the, the month of January, getting notes in the mail from people kind of far and wide, including Dr. Bash here from California. So uh, that made the transition a little easier, John. Brian, I, I don't, I don't know if I told you, but when she said really a real card, a real stamp, I had to Google, how do I really send a real card with a real stamp? And there's a website that I was able to get that would send that card and it costs less than going and buying a card and a stamp. But you, you know, you obviously knew it wasn't my handwriting, but they made it look like it was almost, uh, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. You grew up in a, a religious family, but, um, um, I don't know. Did you buy into it? What's the scoop there? Six kids. I suspect yeah, Catholic. I was Irish Catholic. My dad, Irish Catholic, good, strict, uh, strict guy, loving guy, hardworking guy, had two jobs his whole life. Uh, but Catholic grade school, 
Catholic high school. Uh, the uh, Not all the kids went to the Catholic high school. My brother couldn't learn the Ten Commandments, so they didn't want, you know, uh, him him going to Catholic high school, but uh, my older brother. But no, I, I bought into it, was an altar boy. Uh, you know, it, there's one story from that time I tell sometimes, uh, you know, somebody was working on me with questions, John. I was maybe 10, 11 years old. And the, uh, my mom worked as the librarian at the Catholic school. And anyway, uh, the priest comes over after church on Sunday. She puts on a good lunch. And uh, somehow uh, I went up to him in the living room and said, uh, hey, uh, the Bible says you confess your sins to God. Why, why do I have to go to a priest? And uh, I don't know why I got that question from John. And uh, <laughs> my, dad's, my dad's sitting there and he just said, Brian, get upstairs. <laughs> never got an answer from the priest, never got an answer from my dad, but uh, I was a pretty good Catholic kid. Uh, it sounds like a Protestant at heart at the age of 10. Yeah. And how did they handle when you actually, you got a faith of your own? Was it in college or how'd that happen? Yeah, uh, went off to college and I'm actually studying on a Friday night, you know, I uh, took my studies seriously. And a guy comes up to me and says, can I sit down? Sure, sit down at, at my study table and 10 o'clock at night. And anyway, turns out he's with Campus Crusade for Christ. I reached out to him later to find him. I never got that involved with the organization. Uh, but, you know, that evening he led me through the four spiritual laws. His first question was, are you a Christian? And uh, I said, I think so. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a, kind of a common uh Catholic answer, I think, that I, I still see. Uh, anyway, I was ripe for the gospel message, really, John, and uh, accepted Christ, you know, that evening with him. Uh, he came and, and mentored me a little bit, and I got in some Bible studies with some, you know, Navy folk a little bit through the years. I'd still go to a Protestant church, and I started that, seeing that. Uh, it amazed me, you know, seeing a Protestant service. I started dating a Protestant girl, and uh, these people like church, you know, they, they want to be there. They take their coat off, they uh, sit down. And, uh, but I, I went to both uh, for a while. I studied church history. Uh, the one other thing I'll add about that time, John, I, I was walking across campus and uh, an older gentleman handed out, handed me a free New Testament, Gideon's, the Gideon's organization. And I read yeah. that thing from, you know, cover to end. And I said, well, you know, it had references to things. I hit Psalm 51 and I thought, there's my answer to con confession right there. I, you know, Psalm 51 uh, it was all new to me and, and really beautiful. And how did your family handle this newfound faith? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm the off-colored sheep of the family a little bit. I, uh, you know, I, I was open to share them with it. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, one call to my dad about, you know, Protestantism and trying to get that church history. And he said, Brian, they're just protesters. You know, they, they protested the real church, that, that the real faith. That's why they got that name. And a few years later, I'm in the Navy and I'm reading some, some, some book on, on the Reformation and whatever. And I, I, I call up my dad. I said, dad, remember a couple of years ago, protest, pro, Protestant really came from for pro the New Testament, pro, pro that gospel. And uh, it was a big pause on the phone, John. And then he came back and said, Brian, you believe what you want to believe. I'll believe what I want to believe. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me just um, take a break here for a second to 
mention to our listeners that uh, Standing Stone Ministry is an organization that I work for that cares for frontline workers in the spiritual world, ministers and missionaries, recovery specialists. We provide an arm to lean on, an ear to listen, understanding from experience with unceasing prayer. This is all done at no cost to those working with Standing Stone Shepherds because of your faithful gifts. I am one of those shepherds who depends upon your support and humbly ask you to consider giving today. Go to churchhurtsand.org and click the support button to find out how you can help. In addition, if you're listening, whether it's on podcast or uh, YouTube, um, would you just stop and make a comment, hit that subscribe button and forward this to a friend. It's about ready to get deep here. Um, I mentioned, Brian, back to you, your welcoming spirit at Chesapeake Church. Um, here you were out of college, uh, new wife and child. And um, I don't know if you know the impact that you had, because we were growing like a weed and membership classes would be full. And I'd ask people why and how they came, why they're staying. And about half the group would mention your name of they came and they were welcomed by Brian Holy. And, and um, I wanted them to say they were staying because I was such a great preacher. I wanted, you know, not really, but kind of, uh, but people pointed uh, to you and to one other person. Um, and then you were asked to be an elder. Um, you were in your twenties. I was in my twenties. Uh, what was it like? You go from being kind of a new convert to an elder in the church in your twenties. Is that a little bit trippy? Yeah, I didn't think much of it, John, really. We were a young church. We were trying to do, you know, the, the, the good work, uh, uh, trying to reach as many people as we could. Uh, probably deep down, you know, knew I didn't have the wisdom I should have had, maybe. Maybe that's me looking back on it. But back then, we, was, we were just uh, off and running. And, uh, mm. yeah. And you were my best friend at the time. And now... And I don't want to bring up too much dirt here, but would it be accurate to say you fell in love with another woman and your life turned into chaos? I mean, how's that for yeah. skating over it? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's a rough part of my story. Uh, it's uh, uh, a little easier to talk about now because it's 30 years ago, but it's still not easy to talk about. It's a, uh, uh, you know, rough story date for me. You mentioned the word, you know, fell in love. I, I don't often use that at that time. Uh, it sounds too cliche. Uh, you know, the reality is probably, uh, well, uh, I strayed more of a lust, uh, you know, with another person started with a friendship, uh, grew into some confidences, uh, you know, almost counseling type confidences. I wasn't smart enough as an elder to do the Billy Graham rule and, you know, only counsel with two people should have been. Uh, and, uh, but I, I hadn't focused on things like that and, uh, grew into an affair mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, you're right. I, you know, that you, you titled this relationship pain. And I, I think a lot of folks that you have on a, uh, even the ministry you're in now is where the church hurts them. Well, you know, th this one's a little bit different. This relationship pain is, is hurt that I caused, you know, mm -hmm. immediately to my wife, my family, uh, folks that saw it. Uh, uh, I, uh, 
really the church. You know, I, you know, it's me hurting the church. And uh, so you're right. I ended up getting kicked out of your church, you know, rightly so, uh, as an elder uh, falling into that sin. And uh, you're right, uh, a late 20-something with two kids at that time. I had a, uh, almost a one-year-old also. I can't imagine the amount of relational pain as it reverberated in your life, and I think even the years. Um, but you kind of, you know, jump to it. Most people get kicked out of a church. They would say church hurts. I mean, they'd be angry as can be. What do you mean? And I'm not hearing you say that. And and you ended up getting married um, again, and you did something that I've rarely ever heard about in church life. You actually went back to the church, asked to be forgiven and to be restored to fellowship. And most people just simply wouldn't have bothered to do it. Tell me about that. Well, uh, you know, the, the credit really, John, you stuck by me. Uh, you know, I was kicked out of, you know, your church, the local kicked out of the big church. I mean, I, I clearly had to do, a lot of self-assessment, you know, I betrayed, you know, my family, my wife, uh, you know, betrayed the eldership. Uh, uh, I had to look at my profession of faith. Was that true? Was that real? Uh, you know, am I, uh, uh, you know, the adulterer they talk about in the Bible that, uh, you know, heaven's got no place for, uh, for those that are active in that. Uh, you know, I, uh, Stuck, you stuck by me. You pointed me to other churches. You said, Brian, you can't fellowship here, but I hope you find, you know, your assurance that you're in his big church. And I stayed in the church, went to other churches, um, you know, ended up getting married again. You stayed close to me. You would often reach out and ask me, you know, how's your faith? How's your growth? Uh, you're good at asking those questions. Uh, was in a Bible study with other young, young folk at that time. Um, so I give the credit, John, for, for, for you bringing me back, you know, finishing up the circle of church discipline. I, I, uh, let me, let me just say, wait, Brian, let me just say, I don't remember doing that much. I I didn't know you were going to say that. I don't remember doing that much, but I, what I do remember is what you did, which is what you're getting to you. You did close the circle. You came back. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, I came back and uh, I look at it as a necessary thing. And looking back on it, John, I wish I would have done more. You know, we came back to a service. You presented a little bit of the story. Many of the people were still there. Obviously, the church continued to grow. Thank, thank goodness. Uh, really, uh, the folks that uh, you're, you're preaching and, and, and the message and other elders continued to carry that church on to success. I came back and it's part of my story, John. And I, I, it was a public you know, kind of apology through the church. As I look back on it, I, I wish I would have spent more time reaching out to the, the, the families that were there at that time. You know, I, I, uh, as I look back on it now, really just thinking about this session I'm doing with you today, if any of them are ever listening in, the pain that I've caused them, I wish I could look them straight in the eye and honestly tell them how sorry I am and and uh, that they've got to overcome that, uh, you know, with a person like me who kind of let them down, uh, let their kids down as a, as a uh, maybe a mentor uh, that could have been a lot better. 
give me that was then let's let's jump to the family photograph today because you didn't say stay stuck you know the bible doesn't say you're forgiven but stay in your guilt and wallow in it um you you really had a pretty decent life um that family photo is kind of big you kept the tradition that you know i thought how politically incorrect i was saying big family and roman catholic but when i was growing up that was the stereotype of the larger families. And, uh, but so you continued that part of the tradition, didn't you? <laughs> well, I kind of sorry if that's me. Sorry, everybody. Speaking of a large family, you get to have your phone ringing all the time. Yes. And I, uh, sorry, John, I don't that's know right. how to stop these. Uh, it's connected. I'm recently retired everybody, but I'm not, uh, up to speed on my Mac yet and, uh, how to disconnect it from my phone. So I apologize for that. Yeah, John, uh, my wife has uh, uh, one daughter, an older daughter. And so we have two grandkids locally here uh, from uh, my wife's uh, older daughter. Uh, my two kids, one in Ohio now, one in San Diego that I'll see next week when I'm cutting down through California. Uh, they've got a total of four grandkids now through those that set. And then my wife and I, We've been married 30 years now, so we've stuck with it. Sorry, John. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. Okay. So the two of you. And then two of us had three kids, and we've got uh, two grandkids from that set. Uh, two of them aren't married, but one's married. And so, uh, you know, uh, I have five kids, uh, and then one from my wife's uh, uh, previous stepchild. So six kids, eight grandkids. Uh, we really feel blessed. I titled our show today, Relational Pain, um, largely, Brian, because you're courageous enough to deal with those tough issues. Um, and one way you do that is you engage with other people who don't believe in the Bible still. Um, and, you know, in, in a sense, in a way that the church has done for a couple millennium, uh, but most people avoid those discussions, afraid that there's going to be relational consequences. And gee, if I get into those awkward issues of one thing, you know, you don't talk about church and you don't, you don't talk about religion. You're different than that. Talk to me. Cause you still do. Um, you know, we're all called to John. I, that sounds insincere. It, it uh, feels a little more awkward for me, especially, you know, years after my divorce and, uh, you know, separation from that church. Uh, but I did stay active in the church. So I, 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 I felt the assurance of, of, of salvation and then it's get on to his work. And so I, you know, he's given me a few gifts uh, some of them work against me, you know, or have worked against me. So I have to guard those, uh, guard, guard my heart, guard my, uh, you know, marriage and that. And so I've worked better at that. Uh, but I am trying to just focus on, it is my story. Uh, I will ask a person within, uh, within, uh, 30 seconds of meeting them, where'd you go to church when you were 12 years old? I'll try to, you know, you know, use that to build into what are you doing now and uh, and somehow just find out where they are in their faith walk. And so uh, I'll be open about my past, uh, my walk and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, just just bring them a little closer to the truth. And it's, it's part of the story. It's not a part I like, but uh, I think I'm supposed to tell it. Brian, when you get to heaven and you die, 
And I, I, I think those, it goes in the other order, right? You die, then you get to heaven. Uh, do you know what God's going to ask you about your divorce? I'll, I'll be ready for it. I don't know what he'll ask. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm going to tell you nothing. Yeah. It's forgiven. Right. Isn't that the message of the gospel is you ask forgiveness and you're told that you're forgiven for real. Don't bring it up again. Right. <laughs> Unlike <Yeah>. me. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, when I, I knew I'd uh, be on this show probably sometime, John, and it's okay uh, to talk about it. And so I, it's uh, it's not the forgiveness piece. I do feel the real forgiveness. What Good. sits with me some is that, you know, the story of, of your podcast is Church Hurts. And that's the fear I have just of, of, of the hurt that I've caused to the church. And, uh, you know, hopefully ministries like this and, and pastors like you and other pastors will have continued to bring those people along. But I, I put a pause probably in, in the faith walk of some people. And, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 I pray for those and I'm sorry for those if they're listening in, if I've caused that, that pause. But the name of the show is church hurts and we're living the and life. Aren't we, Brian? Yeah, Let yeah. me just say a few words. Thank you so much for being here from the other side of the country. And we, we know you're going to get out here soon and I look forward to seeing you, but let me just close with a few words in 1992. John Townsend and Henry Cloud wrote a book entitled Boundaries. Today, it has over 13,000 reviews on Amazon. To say that it hit a nerve would be to put it very mildly. Um, without even reading this book, one can get an audience to raise their hands in agreement that they have trouble with boundaries. We let some people in too close in our lives, and we keep other people's out who ought to be really intimate. For one, to have a meaningful and helpful set of boundaries in their life, they have to have standards. If an organization wants to have any definition, it must have some rules, bylaws, values. Sure, we want to be inclusive, but inclusive of what? If there are no standards, we're limited to having undefined groups of people with no real reason to belong or not belong. For two millenniums, the church has struggled with these issues, sometimes getting it right and sometimes getting it wrong. A good church will talk about the Bible, how we live, what happens when we fail, and includes an actual story of a factual Messiah who provides a way for imperfect, sinful people to find forgiveness and love and acceptance. A good church will also provide a place for people who don't believe all those things to come and to question and find out more. But any healthy church or healthy person or organization has to have some standards for that matter. What don't you stand for? And how do you draw the line? We like to talk about the good news, but the good news only works if there's a way to deal with the bad news. Sometimes walls have to be built if we're going to be safe. Our guest today had the unfortunate experience of finding himself on the other side of such a wall. The good news is he didn't keep going away. He hung around that wall for a while and then started to look and it wasn't as tall as he feared. Before long, he saw a door and it was a skinny, beautiful door, but he knocked and I happened to be there to hear it. 
Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate. The wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So we got some bread and a little bit of wine and we ate and we drank. And then he turned around to see a room full of people, church people with tears in their eyes and open arms. And he said he was sorry. And they said they knew. Welcome home, son. Church hurts. Yep, it does. Church hurts and it's really good at healing sometimes too. And it's worth a thought for church hurts and this is John Bash. Go and enjoy God today, won't you? Well, that was worth a thought for sure. And brings us to the end of this edition of Church Hurts and. Next week, it's rumored we'll be walking on the edge of controversy, stirring the pot of denial, and finding movement of the divine. Our host, Dr. John Bash, is a shepherd with Standing Stone, a nonprofit ministry committed to caring for pastors and Christian leaders at risk of leaving the ministry prematurely. Come visit us at churchhurtsand.org. Tell us your story while you're there. Until then, remember, Church Hurts isn't the end of the story. Now go into the end. Enjoy God today, won't you?